This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome, guys, to bonus episode for September, which is 17 days late, but I hope you will excuse me for that, and, um, yeah, so, yeah, this is a, this, this is September's bonus episode. Originally, it was going to be a talk direction down low, and I'm actually recording this part after I finish recording the whole thing, because I realized I had a whole bunch more to say about Ed Sheeran's uh, album Divide than I thought I was going to do. So this is my little inserted intro into um, the bonus episode. But yeah, this is the September bonus episode, and it's made possible by um, our Patreon supporters once we hit hundred dollars we decided that we were going to do bonus episodes every month um so yeah this is the september bonus episode and i finally got around to talking about ed sheeran's album um even though it came out in january but i hope you guys don't mind um and yeah here we go it is just me today here in the studio i.e me sitting in my bed under the covers in my 12 by 12 apartment, <laughs> 12 by 12 studio apartment, um, recording on my computer. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's just me today. Um, and I have decided that I'm going to do an album review on uh, Ed Sheeran's Divide, um, because this was something that I talked about doing a really long time ago, and we never got the chance to do. And I don't know if Kara ever ended up listening to the album, like, fully or getting into it or whatever, because we were thinking about doing a bonus episode about it. Um, but I feel like it was just me. So, which is weird because... Kara liked the first album. We were totally both into Ed Sheeran for Plus. Um, but then she didn't really get into Multiply. And, like, I, like, was... I loved Multiply. It's one of my favorite albums uh, ever. And it probably always will be. Um, and, like, I saw Ed Sheeran live and on the Multiply tours, like, multiple times. <laughs> uh, multiple times. Um, so, like, I was so excited for Divide, um, and, like, also just, like, my whole family, I got them really into Ed Sheeran, so it's just been a big thing in my family, um, so, yeah, so, like, I was totally into it, and I don't know if Kara was as into it then, because I know she didn't love Multiply, um, that much, uh, which is interesting, because it's literally one of my favorite albums ever. But screw Kara and her silly opinions. No, just kidding, Kara. I love you. Um, yeah, I just sort of... I guess I, I'll introduce this talking talking about his album. Um, I'll introduce me talking about his album. Just me talking about, um, like, Ed Sheeran in general. Which I'm sure you guys know a lot about how, like, I've gotten into Ed Sheeran. But it all started... Way back, maybe 2011, I want to say. Um, 
somewhere around there, 2011-2012, when, um, I want to look this up. The A-Team was, I've looked this up before, the iTunes Song of the Week. When was that? So it was the... Okay, it was in 2012. It was the free song of the week in 2012 in June. And I downloaded it as the free song of the week. So that was before I was into One Direction, actually. Which is interesting. Because I feel like Ed Sheeran came along with One Direction. It sucks that I can't remember, like, how all of this went down. And, like, when I actually got into everything. Because you can't really tell in the moment when things are happening. And then you're like... You didn't remember to, like, take note of when you fell in love with an artist. And, like, sometimes it's very distinct. Like, I know Walk the Moon was my finals during sophomore year. Like, that is very distinct for me because... Was it sophomore or junior? I'd, ha I'd have to go back, but I think it was sophomore year. Um, but, like, I distinctly remember opening Spotify and, like, deciding to listen to their album. And, like, I would know where I was sitting in a cafeteria. But for things like Ed Sheeran, it's, like... I got the song of the week and liked A-Team when it was free, but then I don't know if I, like, listened, when I actually listened to the his, like, plus for the first time. Like, I don't know when that happened, but, um, I know, like, by the time Multiply came out, let's look up the date for Multiply release date, um, that came out in 2014, so I was already, like, at that point, I was a huge Ed Sheeran fan. Um, so, and like, when Ed Sheeran, um, Sheeran toured with Taylor Swift uh, during the Red Tour, that was in 2013. Um, so like, I saw him in 2013, I want to say. Um, and that was before... Multiply came out. So, yeah, I think I became an Ed Sheeran fan in, like, 2012. It was kind of, like, simultaneous with One Direction, I'd say. Um, and then, like, I, he was one of my favorite artists ever pretty soon after that. Um, and I was... Multiply came, and it was just, like, everything I could have ever asked for in an album. And then... Um, so then I was highly anticipating Divide. Um... So yeah, my whole family is pretty into Ed Sheeran. Um, I got them, I think when Multiply came out, they all started getting into it more. Um, and my parents were, really liked him. And I remember sitting down with my dad and like watching a ton of YouTube videos of Ed Sheeran doing like the like orange, like orange room live things. If you haven't watched his like, orange original orange they're called like orange room live sets he did um uh orange room um i don't know what these are no don't it's ones where he's he's like there's video footage of him like he did you need me i don't need you this was the live room I guess it's just an orange room. <laughs> it's called The Live Room. It's powered by Warner Music. He did um, You Need Me, I Don't Need You. He did a number of other songs, Give Me Love. And, like, I remember sitting down and watching those with my dad, and he was just, like, blown away. And I was like, see, it's a real artist. He's awesome. Like, this is legit. Um, 
and eventually my family all got into him. I, I also remember when Multi Multiply came out, um, uh, we were, as a family, visiting my brother for his, or we were going up for his college graduation, um, and my dad and I drove up separately from, like, the rest of my family because I had to, like, finish school, uh, so we had, or I was, like, finishing something, school maybe, and he was, he waited and drove me, and on the way up, which was, like, a six-hour drive, because my brother went to Cornell, um, so it was a long drive. We listened to Ed Sheeran the whole way, and we were listening to Multiply, which was really special, um, so, yeah, and then I, uh, took my entire family to an Ed Sheeran concert, um, a couple summers ago, and it was just such a good experience. Um, so of course, when uh, Divide was coming out, we were all super excited for it and excited to listen. And um, it did not disappoint. I would probably say Multiply is still my favorite Ed Sheeran album, um, just because I just have so many memories with it and so many good times, and I really, really love the music. Um, it just, yeah. But I feel like Divide has time to, like, grow into that. But I feel like it, Multiply was just a, such a special, like, period of my life that I don't know if anything can beat that just because of all the memories attached and how much I liked it. And, I mean, Plus Two was amazing. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to go through each of the songs and talk about them and talk about what I think about them. So if you haven't listened to his album yet... I don't know what you've been doing, um, but you should definitely go listen to it. Um, and if you haven't listened to any Ed Sheeran, you should absolutely go listen to it. Um, I highly recommend a lot of the songs uh, on of Ed Sheeran. And he has tons of songs that are, like, not released or, like not released on the three albums. Like, he has three actual albums, but he has, like, hundreds of songs, um, which you can go find online as well, which, of course, I downloaded all the songs he's pretty much ever done. Um, so I... There's a lot of those, too. I should do, like, a video about unreleased Ed Sheeran songs that you should download and put, like, on MP3s because no one really knows about them. And he's got a lot of good songs that are sort of off the record. Um, but let's start with Divide uh, for now. The first song on the album is called Eraser. And this was one of the ones that he released a couple days before the album came out. And it was a live version that was released, which is always something interesting. Because, you know, live versions can be hit or miss. And then you can either be disappointed with the studio version or, like, you know, be more excited about the studio version. Um, but yeah, he performed a live version of Eraser, and I loved it immediately because it went right into sort of, like, the rappy, uh, stuff that he does that I really, really like. Um, one of my favorite songs on, um, uh, Multiply is Take It Back, which has a lot of that, and then, um, You Need Me, I Don't Need You from Plus has that type of stuff, and I love that. I love, like, learning the raps and singing along to them and trying to figure things out. Uh, so when Eraser had that, I was like, okay, thank God he's keeping that sort of rappy thing as a part of part of the song. Um, so I remember just walking back from class, like, okay, I'm going to listen to it, and just, like, immediately smiling. 
Um, so yeah, I do, I do like Eraser a lot. Um, I think it's got like some really interesting like guitar sounds as well because it's combines kind of like folky, like almost like Irishy sounds a bit with like this rappy electric thing going on, which I think is an interesting combination. Um, so that's a good one. Um, moving on to Castle on the Hill. Now, this one was one of the ones he released when he released, um, he released Castle on the Hill and Shape of You at the same time as two different singles. Um, and they were released at midnight and I was sitting in the same room as two of my siblings, Reb and Jess, and we were all in the same room, like, waiting up for Ed to release his songs and we were going to listen at midnight, um... And I forget which one we listened to first. I think it may have been Castle on the Hill. Um, and just, like, immediately we were dancing and singing along and, like, being blown away by this song. And, like, the fact that he sings Tiny Dancer, like, that's definitely been something in my family. I think Tiny Dancer is, like, a song that everyone has connections with. Um, and, like, when we heard those lyrics, we were just like, oh, my God, like, this is so good. This is, like going to be a timeless song I just remember us like wildly dancing around like in our beds <laughs> like sat down doing a lot of hand motions to it um I feel like Castle on the Hill definitely as Ed, Ed has said is a timeless song and it just has those even though like I don't personally relate to a lot of the stuff he talked about like as a teenager I didn't drink uh, I barely drink now, <laughs> um, but, like, I didn't have those, like, you know, sneaking out late, like, drinking with your friends or, like, rolling down the hills <laughs> or whatever type of um, memories, but I think you can still relate even if it's not yours. It's just one of those songs that makes you think of, like, growing up in childhood in your home, and I feel like we all have memories, no matter what it is, of that type of thing and feeling about, like, the passage of time and wanting just to drive home and there's been so many times since this song has come out that like I have sung it on my way home especially like when I was at Vassar uh, which is where I did my undergrad and I would in my senior year I had a car um and I was able to like drive home on the weekends which I did a lot um and like I loved listening to this song and like putting in my own street names and, like, changing the lyrics a bit to fit, like, my own situation. Um, and I remember one time uh, I blasted the song as I came up the driveway and all my family came running out and I had the song blasting. And we, like, all just started dancing and singing around outside and my dogs were there and it was, like, dark at night, but we were all singing Ed Sheeran. And it was just, like, the perfect moment of, like, being reunited with your family and bonding over music and just being silly and goofy. So I have a lot of good memories of Castle on the Hill. And it's definitely one of my favorites from the album. Uh, the next song on the track list is Dive, which I would say is one of my favorites on this album as well. <laughs> um, I really, really love Dive. I think that, like... Um, the music of it is really, really strong. I love the way that it, like, builds, and especially, like, the parts that are, like, 
um, like 10,000 rocks on the lake. Like there's like both the lyrics and the music fit really well together. And there's like this entire like kind of almost like a beat drop, but kind of like this emotional like passion that comes out. Um, and I love the way it's almost like molassesy. I feel like the song is very molassesy. Um, and uh, you can like scream it. Or like the mess that I made, like 10,000 rocks on the lake. There's just like this real kind of cathartic emotional experience that I feel like he has singing the song and then I have singing along with the song. Um, I really like the title Dive. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I, I, this is one of my favorite songs, definitely. I'm going to say that about like every single one of them. But I mean, Eraser, I wouldn't say is one of my favorite songs off the album. Um, it's a good song, but, like, Dive and Castle on the Hill are some of my favorites. Um, then we have Shape of You, which, again, that was, like, I remember listening that first night uh, with my siblings and just, like, dancing around and being, like, this is so weird and cool. Because it definitely does remind me of, like, the songs from Multiply, like, Sing a bit, um a bit like that, or what was the other song I was going to say? Like, Don't, maybe a bit, um, but, like, Taken to the Next Level. Um, and it was like, okay, okay, I'm feeling this. Ed Sheeran is getting into something a little bit different. Um, and I remember for the longest time, Jess and Reb knew how to, like, sing all the lyrics. Like, they somehow, like, they sat and memorized them or, like, went over them or something. And they knew all the lyrics and, like, they tried to teach me and I just, like, couldn't get it. Especially, like, the opening lyrics. Like, the club isn't the best place to find a lover so the bar is where I go. Like, I couldn't get those. And then I just knew. I was saying, eventually these lyrics I'm going to know so well. I'm going to know them so well and they're going to be so like ingrained in me I love that too when you listen to a song for the first time and you you just know in your heart that it's going to be a song that you know so well like I remember listening to Shake It Off for the first time and saying we're going to know every lyric like this is going to be something we listen to all the time or like Sign of the Times and now and then you just you can feel in that moment that it's going to become a part of you almost um and so I just remember not knowing the lyrics to Shape of You and then looking back and being like, I know all the lyrics to Shape of You now. Um, it's just one of those songs. I don't get bored of songs. Like, I know Kara, like, if they're overplayed a lot of times, um, like, she gets bored of them. But I really, I like overplaying songs. And if I like a song, I'll just, like, play it again and again. Um, and I think Shape of You is just such a fun song to dance to. We've done, as a family, definitely some group dancing, like, weirdness in the kitchen dancing along to Shape of You, um, which is always a good time. The next song is Perfect, um, which is the song on the album he said was gonna beat, um, what's it called? Um, ba -ba -ba, thinking Out Loud. And he said Thinking Out Loud was one of his favorite songs he ever wrote, and he was intimidated because he thought he could never beat that song and like he would never like you know write something better than thinking out loud and then when he wrote perfect he felt really happy because he felt like he had done that and he had perfect was an even better song than thinking out loud um so when I was anticipating listening to perfect I was so excited like oh my god this is gonna be better than thinking out loud like oh wow 
Um, and I do really like Perfect as a song, but I don't think it, I don't think it beats Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud is like one of his best songs. And I remember the first time I heard Thinking Out Loud, um, he performed it on stage, like to a crowd for the first time. It was before the audio was released. And I remember listening to it, like I found a clip of it, like on Twitter or like a YouTube link. And I listened to it and was like, this is one of the best things I've ever heard. Um, and this was before the odd, like the recording version came out. So it was just like, I was just watching a, you know, crappy YouTube video and it was so good. And I showed, uh, Reb and Jess and was like, you need to listen to this. This is one of the best songs. And we were just like, we had a moment. Um, and I don't think I had that same experience with Perfect, the song. Um, I do like Perfect, but I think it's a little bit more, I think there's more like, gender involved in it like thinking out loud is very sort of like gender non-specific um saying things like uh like I don't know talking about like pregnancy or I mean I guess that's not gender but like, he talks about like um I I mean he talks about things that are personal but I, I feel like it's just not as like it's not as like metaphorical and whatever like I do really love the um like dancing in your arms and that type of stuff um but he talks about like being your man and like things like that where I'm like eh, I, that doesn't really like move me I'm sure it moves some people and like people who like embody that experience um but for me like I was just I didn't connect with it on the same level that thinking out loud like moved me because I think thinking out loud too is a song that's about like well, it's about, like, romantic love. I think it's also just about, like, you know, love and getting older and time passage and that type of stuff. Um, and Perfect's a really nice song, but I don't know if I, like, like, love the whole, like, I don't deserve you, oh, you're perfect, like, as much. I don't think it's, I, I'm not, like, complaining about it, but I don't, it, do, it didn't touch me in the same way, I guess. It is still a really pretty song, and, like, there's a lot of things I like about it, but I don't think it quite beat Thinking Out Loud for me. Um, thinking Out Loud will be pretty hard to beat for, like, a love-song-type love song type theme. Um, then we have Galway Girl, which is one of the best songs, in my opinion. Um, I love this. I love it. It's so upbeat. It's so, like, kooky and fun. Um... I just, I don't know, it's just such a fun song to dance to, to jig to, uh, I think there's, like, really concrete songwriting, as in, like, it tells a story, it's very much, like, a story where you can picture things happening, um, about the Galway girl, and the night at the bar, and when they met, and the fiddle, and, you know, the singer, and, um, I, I don't think it's a true story, but it, it makes you think of, um, it being a true story, and I loved the music video that he did along with it. Um, if you haven't seen that, definitely go watch it. It has, what is her name? It's like, her name's like, so, 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 Sara, so, Sara, Ronins, Sois, I, my sister is gonna kill me. Um, Ronin, whatever her name is, Soroisi Ronin. Um, she's an actress and really cool. <laughs> I'm just butchering her name. She's Irish. Um, she's really awesome. 
Anyway, she was in it with him, uh, and it was really good. So I love the music video. It perfectly fit the song, and the song is just one of the best, I think. Um, the next song is Happier, which I'd say is probably one of my least favorites. Not one of my least favorites, but like it's not like one that jumps out to me as one of my favorites. I think, um, like I love the theme of it, of like realizing you're not meant for someone and like trying to be happy for them. I think that's like a cool theme. Um, but I guess like, I don't know, the music behind it didn't really excite me. It's pretty slow. Um, I, I do really like, like, Wake Me Up is one of Ed's songs from Plus, which is probably, like, in my top, I mean, not probably, it is in my top three Ed Sheeran songs, could be my number one Ed Sheeran song, Wake Me Up. So pretty, super slow, but, like, the lyrics are incredible, and, like, it's so poetic. Happier, just, like, the lyrics weren't strong enough for me. Like, there's not something super, like, poetic about it. I like the theme of it, and it's nice, but it's not like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. So, uh, yeah, not one of my super favorites from the album. Um, then we have New Man, which uh, definitely has some problems with it in terms of, like, the way he talks about the girl and almost, like, like, knows what's good for her, um, but it's also just kind of, like, a ridiculous song in some ways, which is fun to try to, like, get the lyrics right. I mean, it talks about, like, bleaching buttholes and things, <laughs> which is just kind of crazy that those are lyrics in his song, um, so I like that aspect of it, uh, and Jess and I have tried to learn the lyrics, which is a lot of fun. Um, him thinking he knows like, what's good for the girl is stupid, and there's, like, eye roll, eye roll, eye roll. Um, but, yeah, it's a fun song to sing along to. Um, uh, Hearts Don't Break Around Here. Again, one of those ones kind of, like, happier that, like, didn't move me that much. Um, I mean, it's okay. I know this was the song that, um, I think, was it this one? No, maybe it was How Would You Feel. Um, I don't know, either, either Hearts Don't Break Around Here, How Would You Feel, was the one that his girlfriend wanted to put on. Like, he asked her which song he, she would choose, and one of those was the one. Um, I think it was How Would You Feel, though. Um, yeah, Hearts Don't Break Around Here is okay. It doesn't, like, jump out to me that, like, I love it so much. Um, but it's a good song. Um, what Do I Know is one of my favorites off this album. Um, as soon as I heard it, I was studying for finals or writing a paper, doing something pretty terrible. I was at Barnes & Noble, and I was slowly making my way through Ed Sheeran's album because I was, like, savoring it as I tend to do. And, uh, What Do I Know came on, and I just, like, I listened to it on repeat for hours on end. Like, my entire face lit up. I couldn't stop smiling. I think it's got such a good message about, like, how music moves people and how it sort of is this, like, universal thing, cross-cultural thing that we all have music that makes us feel things. Um, it makes us want to come together as a community, which uh, definitely is needed. And um, 
just like at the, that time too. It was still pretty soon after the election and it was just like a song that made me feel about like people coming together and experiencing like this human thing, this life thing. We all have music. Um, and I love the lyrics. I love the way he talks about musical instruments and then like describing his own experience of like education is not everything like the business world is not everything politics politics are everything <laughs> but uh like he talks about like business and school and these like higher things and you're like and he says like that's not everything I don't know about that type of stuff but I do know about you know loving people and loving music and finding ways to come together um, and I think it's just a really beautiful message and told with such a beautiful sound. Um, I think the sound of the music is very timeless. Um, and I think this will be one of my favorite songs. And I love the humming. <laughs> I think it's really cool. It just reminds me of kind of like older stuff, you know, like almost 60s, 50s, that kind of era of music. Um, yeah, so I just, I love, 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 love this song. Um, so then we have How do you, how Would You Feel, which is one I talked about. He released this one early too, and I, it was kind of slow and didn't like spark me as much. Because it's like his old stuff that was really romantic was like, like the one I said, um, what's it called? Ba-ba-ba-ba. Uh, um... What was, uh, Wake Me Up is one of his old songs, but, like, some of the lyrics in Wake Me Up, like, let me bring them up right now. Wake Me Up, Ed Sheeran, not Wake Me Up, Wake Me Up Inside. Um, I mean, I, I know all the lyrics to the song, because I've sung it a million times, and I love to sing it with my siblings. Um, like... See, I could do without a tan on my left hand where my fourth finger meets my knuckle. And that's him saying, I could do without a tan on my left hand, i.e. a tan on my left hand when my fourth finger meets my knuckle. So, like, if you have a wedding ring on, you don't get a tan underneath where your ring is. So he's saying he could do with wearing a wedding ring. Um, and then, like, I love the part... Uh, so I'll take you to the beach and walk along the sand and I'll make you a heart pendant with a pebble held in my hand and I'll carve it like a necklace so the heart falls where your chest is and now a piece of me is a piece of the beach and it falls just where it needs to be and rests peacefully so you just need to breathe to feel my heart against yours now. There's so much wordplay in that. Peace, peace, beach, needs, bees, peacefully, breathe. Like, there's all these assonance, and it's very poetic, not only in, like, its pretty wording, but it's, the way that it's said actually sounds really, really interesting, and he does that throughout this entire song as well, um, super, super, super well. Um, so then when you have a song like, How Would You Feel, uh, let's look up those lyrics, um, it's just not as interesting. You are the one girl, and you know that it's true. I'm feeling younger every time that I'm alone with you. 
Like, I like the I'm feeling younger every time I'm alone with you, but the you are the one girl and you know that it's true is not that interesting to me when you're comparing it to something like, um, I should ink my skin with your name. That is such a more interesting way to say, like, you love someone or you care about them or whatever. I should ink my skin with your name versus you are the one girl. Like, I just feel like the lyrics aren't as strong in some of these slower songs that he wrote. Um, like, I like some of them. Like, love flows deeper than the river every moment I spend with you. Um, but, but, like, how would you feel if I told you I loved you? It's just something that I want to do. I mean, that's not a very exciting line. It's just something that I want to do. Um, so, like, things like that, really, when you compare it to some of his older lyrics. Um, like, this, this, this specificity in Wake Me Up. And I know you love Shrek because we've watched it 12 times. But maybe you're hoping for a fairy tale, too. Like, that's so pretty. He's connecting Shrek sort of this fairy tale idea of like their relationship um and it's super super specific i mean we all love shrek we can all connect to shrek um but like this, that specificity is somehow missing in some of his love songs from this album um which is why like when you have him talking about very specific moments in castle on the hill um or galway girl or even New Man, it's, I really like it and I grab onto that um, a lot. Something like Shape of You maybe doesn't, I mean, no, even Shape of You has the specificity of, um, you know, where they met, when they went to the buffet. Like, that has very, like, specific things that make it so interesting. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know about I don't know about Hearts Don't Break Around. Let me look up Hearts Don't Break Around here. This is turning into a very long um, episode. Hearts Don't Break Around here. Um, okay, so okay, so Hearts Don't Break Around here has some good lyrics, to be honest. I, I do love, um, she's the sweetest thing that I know. You should see the way she holds me when the lights go low shakes my soul like a pothole. That's a really nice line. Shakes my whole like a, <laughs> shakes my whole, <laughs> shakes my soul like a pothole. Um, um, let's see what else. I love this line from this song. Hearts don't break around here. Um, the line is, she is the flint that sparks the lighter and the fuel that will hold the flame. That's one of my favorite lines, to be honest. I do really like that. Well, maybe I judged this one too hard. I wasn't thinking. I think I was getting it confused with um, how would you feel. Because I do like these lyrics. I think these are... Because like, when you have that um, really interesting imagery or an interesting way to say that, she is the flint that spike sparks the lighter and the fuel that will hold the flame. Like That's very pretty compared to saying... Um, like... Uh, what was the line? Um, like, how would you feel if I told you I loved you? Like, that's not as interesting as she is the flint that sparks the lighter. Like, that's a really interesting way to say you love someone. Um, so yeah, I, I do like Hearts Don't Break Around Here. But again, it doesn't like jump out to me the way like Galway Girl does or What Do I Know does. Um, so then we have Supermarket Flower which is, 
Um, super sad, and I knew that going in, um, because while it sounds like it could be a song about, like, him buying, um, flowers from the supermarket for a girl or something, it is actually about the supermarket flowers, um, that were left at his grandmother's bedside, um, and... It's, it is a very emotional song, and you can tell it came right from the heart, and there's so many specific moments that feel very lived through, and were something that stuck in his mind, um, and he wanted to write it. And I think it was interesting because he did say it was about his grandmother, but the way he sings the song, he talks about it as if it's his mom. Um, and I don't know if that's because he might have called his grandmother mom, or he was trying to take a perspective of something else or um he just thought it fit better with the words mom or he was thinking about his mom I'm not I'm not sure why he like made the decision to talk about it as if it's a mom rather than like his grandmother like from his perspective um but either way like it is definitely very um, moving and emotional. And it's one of those songs that you might not want to listen through every time you listen to the album because it does make you feel a lot of things and makes you feel sad as well. Um, so it's a good, it's a good song and I like it, but it's, uh, not one that I tend to go to, um, because it is quite emotional. The thing is he had on Multiply, he had um, the song, uh, which one was it? Let me look. Um, he had the song A Fire Love, which is about his, uh, grandfather getting Alzheimer's. Um, and that's a very sad song as well, but I did listen to that one. Um, because there, it, it is a love song as well, um, but I did listen to that one a lot, so, I don't know, I think, I think just because maybe the theme of Supermarket Flowers is more about, like, surrounding of the death, and, like, that physical experience of it, um, I mean, both of them are quite sad, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I don't listen to Supermarket Flowers as much as I did A Fire Love. Um, but it is a really, really beautiful song, and it's super personal. And I'm glad he had it, because I think it means a lot to people who are going through a similar time. And it's very, like, real. Like, I remember when my grandfather passed away, um, I wrote a poem, and it was kind of like... I was just actually just writing everything and then eventually I turned it into a poem sort of my stream of consciousness um and it feels similar to like how he wrote this where like he's talking about the supermarket flowers on the windowsill and the old cup of tea and the photo album there's a lot of like these physical things like I poured the old ginger beer down the sink like that type of thing that might seem so mundane like takes on this whole meaning when it's involved with such a, um, emotional event. Um, like, for me, I talked about looking at the time on my iPhone, and, like, that's a very, like, material-type thing, just like, you know, pouring ginger beer down a drain might be, um, 
or like stacking chairs but like when it's tied to something so emotional uh like you can just feel its importance I guess um so yeah really really beautiful song very personal um so then we have Barcelona which is a complete 180 going in order of the album when you go from supermarket flowers to Barcelona it's like what just happened <laughs> um and complete switcheroo there um especially because the beginning of the song is so like bam in your face um so that is a pretty fast turnaround but Barcelona is a very fun song um I loved watching the video of him perform it in Barcelona when he performed in Barcelona. I think that would have just been such a special moment because he's singing about your own city. Um, but it's, it is a very fun song and it's about dancing and sort of like not caring what people think and going dancing in Barcelona, um, which means that you can dance to it very well. Uh, and just like have a good time to it especially after if you're listening in order after supermarket flowers you might just like need to dance a little bit um and it's just about him like being silly and not really caring what people think um and like the the uh um what's it called and he speaks Spanish in it, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know how, how... I'm not really the best judge of his Spanish, but... Um, interesting that he's speaking Spanish in it. Maybe he could have gotten a Spanish-speaking artist to sing instead. Um, but I, I think it's a fun song. And, you know, it's a good time. I wish I had been there in Barcelona uh, when he was singing it. Not that it would probably would have meant the same thing to me. Um... But, you know, uh, it must have been fun to be at that concert. Um, then we have Bibia Beyeye, which is another upbeat, fun song. And this was the one he wrote when he, uh, I believe it was in Ghana. Um, let me look that up. Bibia Beyeye. Um, yeah, he wrote it when he was in Ghana. Um, and... It has uh, some spoken language um, from Ghana, which is cool. And I think he wrote it, like, with some of the people he was surrounded with there, which is awesome. Um, and it is a fun song. And it's all about, like, lifting your spirits and, you know, getting back up again and thinking, like, there's going to be another good day around the corner um, and, like, just remembering that when things go wrong, it's not just the end and there's something good coming. Um, and it's just one of those fun songs to dance to. So I do enjoy it. Um, and I think it pairs nicely with Barcelona, where it is. It, it, Barcelona, Bibia, Bayeye, um, Nancy Mulligan all go really well together. Um, I think they're a good set, uh, if you will. Um, and then Nancy Mulligan, of course, comes next. And this one is kind of like the act my age, act my age of the album. It is super silly. It is loud. It is kooky. Um, it's got this jig music to it. Um, and the lyrics are very specific. It was written about his grandparents, which is really cool. Um, and you can definitely tell that based on the lyrics that are in the song. Um, 
Ooh, and he, ooh, I'm just yawning, excuse me. Um, he, yeah, so he wrote it about his grandparents and, like, the, the way they, like, fell in love and found each other. Um, and it's interesting because he puts the perspective as if he is his grandfather. So it's like, I was 24 years old when I met the woman I would call my own. Um, and just, like, the speed of it is very, like, fast and choppy and makes you want to get up and dance, but also makes you want to, like, sing really fast and try to get the lyrics what right. Um, and it almost feels like the lyrics match sort of, like, the sound of the song and the way you're feeling just emotionally from the song, because it's all about, like, being young and getting married and, like, running off and screwing religion and screwing society. And that's the feeling of the song, just, like, musically. Um, like, one of the lines is, she and I went on the run, don't care about religion. <laughs> um, and it just fits perfectly with the way the this, this song, like, is upbeat and swift and fast and wants to sweep you off the feet, off your feet. Um, and it's got a really fun message of, like, not letting your society dictate who you love um, or, like, how you choose to live your life and remembering that you're your own person and you can do what you want. And uh, Ed Sheeran's grandparents did what they want and married who they wanted and um, didn't let anyone tell them no. And it's got some really good details in it that make it very storytelling. Like... Ed is definitely really good at telling a story. Like, even in Shape of You, there's a story going on. In, um, in Galway Girl, there's a story. Uh, in this song, there's a story. Like, you can definitely picture it. You get to know the characters, almost. So it makes me think of a pirate jig, too, which is always a good time. Um, it's just definitely, like, kooky and crazy and, uh really weird but somehow it works on the album and uh I don't know I, I heard it in concert and it was just a really good time everyone was on their feet dancing around uh and then last but not least we have Save Myself which is a complete turnaround from Nancy Mulligan so we go from Supermarket Flowers which is super slow and sad then we have these three upbeat songs Barcelona Babia uh, Bay Yay Yay and Nancy Mulligan, and then it goes a complete opposite down to Save Myself, which is extremely slow um, and quite emotional. And there's like a positive message in it, in that like you have to think about yourself sometimes and do what's good for you, but it is also very sad and um, it's very much about like sort of losing yourself in helping other people and realizing that you're not taking care of yourself and sort of like the struggle with that. Like I gave all my oxygen to people that could breathe. Um, and like now, and it sounds like he's singing about himself and it sounds very personal, personal. And I think many of us can relate to that when you know, you're trying to help other people, whether it's a friend who's going through something really difficult, or family members, or even if you're just stretching yourself too thin amongst, like, peer groups or social events, and you sort of realize, you know what, I might be helping these other people, but in the end it's hurting me, and I have to think about myself as well. 
Um, I've definitely felt that way before. Um, and I think a lot of people connected with this because he's talking about his mental health. If, if it is a personal story, he's talking about his mental health and the struggles he's gone through with that and trying to, you know, find himself and take care of himself, which I think is a good message. Um, but it is a message of pain and struggling. Um, I would say my favorite lines are um, when he talks about not being like his mom. Uh, he says, um, but I guess it's just my nature. My dad was wrong because I'm not like my mom because she'd just smile and I'm complaining in a song. So this line to me says, his dad said he's just like his mom wanting to help everyone. But he's saying, no, I'm not like my mom because she just smiled and helped everyone and like never thought anything bad. But here I am complaining about helping people. And it's just a very kind of like human moment where he like feels guilty about complaining about it, even though he shouldn't because it's valid to feel like you need to take care of yourself and step back from other people. Um, yeah, I do really like this song. Again, not one that I, like, listen to a lot because it is, um, more sad and, uh, quite slow and sad uh, and not something that, like, <laughs> makes me want to be like, yeah, let's listen to music, let's listen to Ed Sheeran, like, let's have a good time. Um, uh, but yeah, so I just, I was very interested in, in into why he decided to end the album with such a slow, sad song. I wasn't really sure why he chose to do that. I feel like it would have been smarter to end on Nancy Mulligan. Like, if he had put uh, Save Myself after Supermarket Flowers or Su Save Myself, then Supermarket Flowers, because then you have... We have Eraser, which is like an intense start. Castle on the Hill, which is pretty upbeat. Dive, you know, gets into like, takes it down a little bit mid-tempo. Shape of You. And then Perfect. Perfect is a slow song, but then we get upbeat again with Galway Girl. Happier is quite slow. New Man is upbeat. Hearthstone Break Around here is slow. What Do I Know is kind of like mid-tempo, upbeat. How Would You Feel is pretty slow. So then we have How Would You Feel, which is slow, Supermarket Flowers, we could put Save Myself in there, and then end with Barcelona, Bibi, Bibia, Bebe, Yay, and then bam, Nancy Mulligan or something. Or like, Nancy Mulligan, then Bibia, Bebe, Yay, Something like that where you're ending on a happy, like, positive note. Because I just remember, like, because I listened to albums in order, um... Like, I was on the last song, and it was just, like, you were waiting for the last song in the album and getting super excited about it. And then, like, it was this kind of, like, extreme emotional, like, journey at the end, where it was, like, you kind of just wanted it to be, like, a happy song or a love song or, like, something. So I would have rathered it not be in that order. I think it was an odd decision to put such an emotional song at the end of the album. I don't think it, like, really uplifts you so much. Um, but I guess that's the way he wanted it to be taken in. Don't really know. Um, but yeah, so overall, 
I would say my favorite songs are Castle on the Hill, Dive, Shape of You. It's hard to say like Castle on the Hill and Shape of You because those are like huge singles that were the first ones. I always hate like the first songs being like wrapped up when you then talk about your favorites off an album because it's almost unfair. Um, but like Castle on the Hill and Shape of You, obviously. But then besides that, Dive, Galway Girl, and What Do I Know are my favorites. So yeah, that's three. And then Shape of You and Castle on the Hill. So that's five out of 16, which is pretty good. I didn't name like 10. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I could order these. I'd say after those ones, Eraser, New Man, um, maybe Nancy Mulligan's up there. My least favorites would probably be uh, How Would You Feel? Um, hearts Don't Break. Nah, I don't know. Save Myself, maybe. Like, I like Barcelona and Bibia, Bay Yay Yay, but they're not ones that I'm like. I love so much, you know? It's always hard when you, like, love an album, but you can't... So you can't say songs you dislike, but it's, like, songs that you love and songs that you like. Um, but, like, overall, as an album, there's some huge standout songs to me that I think will be definitely, like, timeless um, and I'll always come back to. Um, like I said, Multiply was one of my favorite albums ever, and I think it's just because I have so many amazing, like, memories singing it, and I've had so much time with it, because he did take a really long time between, um, releasing Multiply and releasing Divide, so it was like, I know this album back to front, um, and just, like, so many amazing songs on it, um, like, looking at it, and, and even the slow songs, like, I think some of the slow songs on this album I don't love as much, but on this Multiply, like, I just have so many good memories with them, and I think there's some really interesting musical things with them as well. Um, but, like, some of my favorites from Multiply, obviously Thinking Out Loud and Don't, those are two of my favorites. Um, but, like, Photograph is amazing. I'm a Mess is great. I love Runaway. Um, I love The Man. I love Take It Back. Uh, like, there's just some really good ones on this album. But then there's, like, ones that are okay. Like, I like Shirt Sleeves, and I like even My Dad Does Sometimes, but they're not ones that I'd be like, yes, amazing, my favorite ever. Um, and then, let me look at Plus. Where is that? So Plus, I mean, the A-Team will always be great. Um, Wake Me Up, favorite song ever. Uh, go listen to it. Um, you Need Me, I Don't Need You, Give Me Love. Like, those are so great. Um, uh, grade 8 is great. Drunk is great. Like, uh, the first album is amazing, too. The City. I love the progression, too, that Ed Sheeran has had, where from plus till divide there's really there's really like themes I get from each of the albums there's like a sense of like a musical theme even if like even on divide where it has quite a lot of variation on what songs sound like I definitely still get like 
a feeling. You know when you kind of have just like an emotional like aura around like an album or a time of your life or a food or something? There's like an emotional like it's hard to describe but it's like everything enraptures that experience. I feel like each of his albums has a very specific like emotional aura for me. Um, and I'm excited to like continue to listen to um, to divide and see how like in the next like who knows three four years before his next album comes out see how my opinions of the songs change and how like seeing in him him singing them in concert changes how I feel about them or singing them in the car or singing them with my family um like I I had that one really um, <clears throat> memorable experience about coming home and playing Castle on the Hill in my driveway and blasting it and all my family coming out and we all sang it in the driveway. Like, there will be moments like that that I attach to other songs that I haven't even had yet, but I know that they're coming because, like, I know that I'm going to continue to listen to this album. Um, and I'm even now thinking of, you know, different experiences I've had with each of these songs um, that is going to, that are going to continue to grow. So, like, my experience of listening to Multiply for the first time versus, you know, the entire three whatever years I listened to Multiply, um, it's hard to compare Divide, which I've only had for a couple months, versus, like, a, an album that I fell in love with for years and years. So, I'll be interested to see, um, you know, how my opinions of the songs change over time and how my memory uh, or my experiences adapts my memory of them um, and my opinions on them as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a while since it's been out. Um, it came out in January, so it's almost been a year. Um, but if you guys have opinions on the songs, please let me know. Um... Let me know what you think of them and uh, how you, like, which ones you like, which ones you dislike. Do you agree with me or was I too harsh on some of the ones that you really like? Um, let me know. Like, do you love how, uh, um, do you love, um, what's it called? Uh, what do I know as much as me? Because I feel like there wasn't the same reaction to what do I know as I had emotionally. Like, I had a huge experience with what do I know. And I was like, this is the best thing that ever happened. But it wasn't like Ed Sheeran talked about it or was like, this is going to be a single. When I'm like, this has to be a single. This has to be one of your biggest songs. Like, I don't see how it's not. And I didn't really see, like, as much fan movement towards that song as others. So someone please validate me in my feelings about that song. Um, and also, like, if you guys have specific instances of listening to his songs and, like, creating sort of an emotional experience around that, just like I did for Castle on the Hill and some of the other songs, um, write those in too, because I think it's so cool when a part of our lives become connected to a song. Like, I know my mom's always, like, when an old song comes on the radio, she's like, oh, this was my song of my middle school, or, like, this was a song that reminds me so much of my first boyfriend or something like that, where you, music connects us so much, which goes back to how would you feel? I mean, not how would you feel, which goes back to what do I know um, about that whole, just like music being a sort of uni universal human experience. 
Um, but yeah, let me know all your fun musical stories and what you like about this album, what you don't like about it, um, and any of your other favorite Ed Sheeran songs as well. Um, and the unreleased ones, if you have favorite unreleased Ed Sheeran songs or would like me to talk about it, let me know as well. Um, so yeah, this was our bonus episode for September. Um, it's quite late now. It's October. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're doing our bonus episode for September. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, this was actually originally going to be a talk direction down low, but then I realized I had way more to say about the album than just a half hour. So I have turned it into a full bonus episode because we needed one of those anyway. Um, but I hope that is all right. And I hope you enjoyed, um, this and, uh, hopefully Kara will be on, um, our next bonus episode, which will probably be, um, a commentary on Niles, um, what's it called? His documentary for his album, which is coming out, um, in just a couple days because, it is Tuesday and his album comes out on Friday, as does the documentary. So we're going to have to figure out how to record that. Um, but yeah, this bonus episode was possible because we have people who support us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash talkdirection, um, where we put up a whole bunch of bonus content. Like I said, this was going to be a talk direction down low until I had way too much to say. And a talk direction down low, uh, for those of you who don't know, is when we do an extra half hour of episode every single episode. Um, so I'm actually going to record another one after this where I'm talking about um, different One Direction random things, um, including like what 1D songs I think sound most like the boys' solo careers, um, and like what 1D songs do I still listen to even though they've been on hiatus for a really long time. Um, just a whole bunch of random questions that I put together. So yeah, if you're interested in that, uh, it's patreon.com slash talkdirection. And you can check it out there. Thank you guys for supporting us on Patreon and supporting us just in general. Um, I really appreciate it. And I know Kara really appreciates it. And all the love we get on Twitter is amazing. If you're not a part of our Twitter group yet, um, tweet at us and we will add you to the Twitter group. You don't really have to like participate if you don't want to. You can just be a part of it and listen. There's a whole bunch of awesome listeners all together. I think there's like 20 people or so about now that are all in the same group chat and we just talk about One Direction and the podcast and good things and get excited about it. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. Oh, I forgot. We also have to do our Halloween bonus episode. Ooh, so maybe the the documentary will be for November and we'll do a Halloween bonus episode. I have to plan that. That's going to be exciting. Anyway, thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next time for another bonus episode for November. Yeah. Bye! Baby, slow.